Hello everyone and welcome to the ninth episode of our Loot Cabal podcast. We only have four of our regulars here today: Deepak, Max, Ashoka, and Adi. Ananta is uh, hiding from the surveillance state in India somewhere. Uh, so Ananta, good luck to you and more power to the resistance. Our movie for this week is Thondi Mudalam Dhrit Sakshiyam from 2017, a movie that some of us consider one of the best films of 2017. Uh, but uh, let's find out what our primary reviewer Max thinks. Max, over to you. Thondi Mudalam Dhrit Sakshiyam loosely translates to evidence and the eyewitness. And uh, as the name suggests, the movie revolves around a robbery. This, I think, qualifies as a so-called comedy. It's not a... I wouldn't say I didn't like the movie uh, as much I wouldn't but I would say when I heard uh, <clears throat> accolades such that the best movie of the year and stuff like that maybe that probably played maybe I my uh, expectations were a bit too high because uh, it just motors around at a very casual pace and nothing much really happens because uh, like right from the title itself you know there is going to be a robbery there is going to be a thief and then something's going to happen and pretty much things just play out like that as far as the story goes now uh, where the movie shines uh, is at least in is in places where the director shows off some of his uh, um, chops uh, there is a very well done uh, chase sequence where the thief uh, portrayed by fahad fasil which, which i must say is underplays himself so brilliantly is trying to escape from the cops and uh, suraj who's also named prasad oh yeah that's another thing the the hero and the so called protagonist and the so called antagonist are both called prasad and then that scene i think was very well done and there are a few other scenes like that like also fahad fasil's uh, introduction when he's in the bus and things like that but otherwise the movie just goes along and i think this is the new fad of making movies that don't do anything but just show you a slice of life i guess there is an audience for that just in strike a very big chord with me though yeah i i like the film a lot like max says the i think it is very important that the both are named prasad because it doesn't this this film does not exactly uh, differentiate between a proper protagonist and a proper antagonist even the the policemen who are first Uh, depicted as some, you know, the, the way policemen are de- depicted in Visarnay, they are given a backstory and they are shown in a slightly sympathetic light. Uh, so that is something I, uh, so that is I think it's very important why they are both given the same names. One of the things I really liked is how this film sort of marries form and content very well. This is the particular scene that I liked from the first half is when. when kasaragod is in, 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 introduced introduced uh, pak am i pronouncing that right kasar kasaragod right kasaragod hmm kasaragod yeah uh, so so it's 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 a very dramatic shift that happens and it's also a very short, sudden shift uh, when when they're falling in love they're, they're pretty much all the scenes are in ferry and there's like abundance of water and then there's a sudden shift where we don't know what, what they're doing in in a bus and they are going to kasaragod area and that that landscape is completely barren and completely there's no greenery anywhere and he's also going there to farm and and i think dilish potan uses this landscape very well and it's almost complements how the 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 weariness in their life they keep getting stressed throughout the film in that area so the scene i was talking about is when the policemen and and that sudhakaran are introduced i think the tracking shot uh, we're introduced to functioning of the police there and that sudhakaran 
that uh, is, is picking up uh, buckets of water and doing these jobs for the policeman and he's walking back to the station it is it's fairly a long tracking shot single take and and we see the school the car- carnival preparations we learn the attitude of these policemen <laughs> that hilarious my wife and mother are feminist feminists here both are established the distance here with that shot this is the, this is the same distance that policemen prasad and the other prasad will travel every morning for prasad to take a shit it gives an understanding of what a what laborious process it is and of course in the end when prasad is digging for water we see a green field next to his land and on the water just gushes out i enjoyed that whole the colors of this film very much the cinematographer of this film rajiv ravi is also a director he's he made kamati padam yeah. and so there's a lot of conscious choices being made in everything that this movie does and every choice that it makes it can be unpacked in multiple ways and it add and each of those multiple ways adds so much dimension to the film at, at least for me right so let's take, let, let me for example just take the points that you mentioned adi the the fact that the movie starts in a very green place with a lot of water not only does it set up like you mentioned the contrast within the movie right so it moves from green and blue to completely sepia and dry and a completely different tone a dry tone not only does it set up the the contrast within the movie it is also potent telling us that i can make a movie in a place like iduki i can also make a movie in a place like kasaragod that is dry and like right. there is life in kerala that is not verdant and plush and like full of nature that's completely driven by nature there's also there's also life in kerala that is a struggle against nature right so that so it can be unpacked that way as well the whole you don't you don't get to learn much uh, you, you don't get to learn much about sudhakaran through dialogue but you do get to learn about him through other ways in the film uh, about the kind of man who is sent to jail by his mother and his wife so that they can enjoy the temple ulsav <laughs> right yeah he's uh, like a drunkard right he's a drunkard so no they, he's not so that's what i want he's to a rabble rouser yeah, not just a drunkard he's not just a drunkard he's a rabble rouser and he's a specific kind of rabble rouser so i, I don't know how many of you noticed this but there's a, there's a shot where uh, asi chandran is running after in, in that chase sequence that max mentioned right there's a shot where asi chandran after like he he's clearly the slowest of all of the people like one of the slowest of all of the people chasing for her because of his age because he's like significantly out of shape right and so at one point he stops at at like a bus stop he, a because he wants shade b because he wants to gather his breath and on the walls there are ABVP. there are yeah ABVP. there are very specific party symbols on the wall there's abvp there's there's rss yes exactly so oh, i just learned yesterday that the kasaragod is an area where bjp is traditionally been strong in kerala exactly so the, he's a very specific type uh, and the people that start the ruckus in the temple in the ulsavam they're all wearing saffron lungis so he's very clearly making a point about who is the rabble rouser in that area stated or unstated right it's very clear who he says is the rabble rouser and why this fellow is being sent and it is also kind of apparent that these are the kind of people who would oppose having feminists in their household but <laughs> but <laughs> so and, and, and it is proper i mean there is news that uh, bjp thugs beating the liberals in the area i mean been happening apparently yes and the counterpoint that's always being offered is that oh communists do the same thing in the olden days 
Kannur, which is not that far from Kasaragod, is is a traditionally communist haven. It's it, it's undergone a bit of a transition from the 90s uh, through the 2000s, as and because because Kasaragod is on the Karnataka border, and as BJP got really strong in Karnataka, the north uh, the north Malabar uh, areas of areas of Kerala have also started seeing that influence spread. A little bit. So the, everything that you see can be unpacked in multiple ways. The, the other thing that I also wanted to point out is we don't really know that Fahad's name in the movie is Prasad because literally the yeah, first time we heard, I think he just I, makes we it don't up know because when he matter. asks what's his father's name, he says Purushan. Exactly. He says he says he has no idea. He has nothing. He we don't we don't know any we don't know anything about him except trace dialogues, right? We know that the only thing that's consistent about his story is the story that he worked in a, in a parota kadai. So one might assume that that's true or that's sort of his standard story, right? The other thing that you knew, know for sure is that he grew up poor because there's a shot when they go to the CI's house and, the, and someone who's related to the CI, maybe his son or a nephew, is sitting outside the house and eating and the constables make fun of the son for eating and Fahad says, don't make fun of a kid at that age, he, he's probably very, very hungry. You tend to get very hungry at that age, right? So you know that he probably grew up poor, either either poor or worse or destitute, right? I read it a slightly different way and I agree with Deepak. Like it lends itself to multiple readings, multiple ways of seeing it. See, uh, from a very surface-based uh, reading, right? You can call it a comedy, light-hearted comedy with a tinge of humanity where uh, everyone is struggling to, I mean, struggling with the morality of the situation, right? Except, of course, the thief. He is very sure on where he is standing. Everyone else is lightly on shaky ground. It's okay, it's just a chain, but the chain means something so much to the people who lost it. Should we do the right thing or should we not write the case off? A lot of decisions is being made by the police, the, the, the couple themselves, but not the, the thief. The thief is very sure on where he's standing. If you see in the spectrum, moral spectrum, that guy is very sure. He's like, I don't give up till all facts emerge. I will continue to be... He doesn't cop, I mean... Till like very late in the movie, we don't know whether he has stolen the chain or not. That is an, that in itself is like kind of indicative of how strong his stance is. And even after he has stolen the chain, he's not willing to give his real name up. He still maintains that he's Prasad. I think through the through the movie, his real name is not known. The way I saw this is uh, there. I can get parallels from two movies. One was uh, David Fincher's Seven. And the other was Memories of Murder. Both were police procedures with a very enigmatic criminal in the mix. This film read very much close to that, except that the criminal was caught right in the beginning. But the crime and the procedure were the problems for the police and for the victims as well. In in this case, the victims as well. Because they, they were not very sure on how to proceed with the entire thing. Either robbery case or just theft. So even in a scene where Sudhagaran and uh, the thief are there, no? So he's asking, casually asking, Sudhagaran, can you amkify my kalu? Which in its his way of telling kalam kramala la pesa kuda kind of. So he was telling Sudhagaran, either one theft case or no? I don't think this should have been a robbery case. I don't think uh, police must be this brutal. He is actually doing a third-person analysis of how this case should have done. 
or how this case should have proceeded so uh, yeah so in a way it is an inexplicable character in center of humanity which is struggling i mean to resolve a case or resolve a issue in which they are undecided about the morality of it so that's how i read it that's how this whole film lends itself so you know how i read it i read it as a this is like one director showreel type of thing so there's a bunch of you know like scenes wise you know like like park said scenes i for you also also standing out for me my only thing was like if you take a scene and remove it like there are so any scene actually you can just you can just keep sit like an scissors and remove it nothing will happen to the story it will not change anything but that scene as as is if you just watch it you know as a clip or something it's very nice like every scene is nice but if you remove it it's not going to change anything in the story that that's inherent actually to the the idea of making a slice of life film yeah so that, that trope you have to believe and that slice of life trope you know i never get i want to sort of emphasize or or talk a little bit more about why slice of life motif is the slice of life motif applies to what you described uh, about the movie max you basically said right like if you take one scene out it broadly doesn't affect what is supposed to happen in the story correct but the scene in and of itself has value and tells us something a little exactly. bit exactly and about I, there the are a lot of scenes like yeah. you can just take like a 5 minute scene and just watch it without having any um, you know without having any frame of reference and you will still like it yeah so i i think there's something very there's a very interesting corollary to be drawn from that which is a slice of life is no less or no greater than life itself that is like that, i think that's the point that these kinds of this type of film is trying to make which is just because i am telling there's no story to like there's no there's no arc like right? it's not that there's no story there's there's a story here but there's no arc to the characters like neither prasad typical plot driven film uh, a character starts in one place a protagonist or an antagonist they start each of them start in some place at typically at polar opposite of each other and something puts them some some contrivance puts them to in the in the same situation and then there's an arc of each of them having to change in some way for there to be some sort of conclusion but in in a slice of life film that that's kind of not the point at all it says like these are fully fleshed characters who that are already acting a certain way we don't expect them to change in any way but here are a set of things which sort of act like uh, or simulate life you know in a certain way and i think uh, where i land is that this simulation for me is much better than and much harder to do maybe even than a a, a true plot driven film where you know where, where there's where there's a charted path to follow right like uh, hero with a thousand faces the the, the three act structure the, the eight part outline of a screenplay i think it's a lot difficult to appreciate also it oh, i possibly that may yeah, be because a lot of things will just uh, you know people will just breeze through them uh, only people who are looking for them look like for example there is this that whole police station right if you think about it the police station is also uh, almost like a character uh, because absolutely yeah. random things happening there'll be one guy who will be getting interrogated at the start and then later there'll be one uh, babu and uh, one guy who will come and fight because he put a yeah yeah he put a, a mobile tower in his house and he slapped him and and, 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 and and then the guy who brings them is like these two are my votes please do something yeah yeah, yeah. basically the the so, local counselor ha- somebody will bring them yeah i yeah. know and that, that that is happening and then there is the scabby team uh, who are suddenly in there and uh, so they that's all that's all really interesting if you start focus on those dude that scabby team is uh, that scabby team is the one that uh, joins the chase no Yeah, they yeah, 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 and the way their coach says, "No, no, come back." And <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. <laughs> yeah, 
in the middle of a serious chess yega odringa sir we are very close to catching him varana ninga thirumbi vaanga kind of so the polisestan is a character almost uh, you can even say the uh, festival also becomes a character as because through the movie it is unfolding the whole two days i think it's it's a two day the, the story is like two days or something right two or two or three days yeah uh, and the, the whole but the festival is unfolding in three days and you can see it through constables who are attending or even as uh, fahad prasad is looking watching the festival through the bars of the uh, jail correct even coming back to deepak's uh, slice of life right so in a typical i mean in this scenario with the accuser and the accused the, the couple and uh, fahad himself uh, mainly uh, shrija and fahad if you actually see they travel a arc a significant arc between two conversations the first conversation was when they are sitting there and uh, constable is coaching them is going to coach them like what has happened before that uh, fahad just peeps in, uh, inside the room and says uh, if you give me 5000 rupees i'll probably give the chain or tell you where the chain is uh, we can come to compromise yeah we can come to a compromise and the next scene where he addresses him addresses them as a couple is at the end where he says see if you believe me i'll tell you where the chain is all you have to do in court is yeah deny that i you never you never knew me or if this is a, a robbery case so the, between these two events no there are specific these guys don't meet often the husband sure meets meets the thief husband uh, moves around with the thief the wife or or the couple themselves they don't interact with the thief ana and the rendu meeting kanadula if you see between those two meetings there is a whole shift of uh, uh, attitude has shifted from police will protect us kind of to police are kind of actually harassing this guy the beating also helps in a way but their their attitudes towards the police and the attitude towards the authority kind of fades Ashoka, away yeah this is a this is a very common masala movie trope but it's presented in like such a beautiful correct that's what i'm simple, saying like manner here yeah, yeah right like every masala movie right? like think about uh, arbitrarily three three masala movies in tamil right and i will explain to you why this is the, this 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 trope of feudalism versus the, the, the where you invest where power is invested either in a person or a certain uh, land owning caste or something like that is struggling with the state based system or the government based system where power is invested in the state right that is that is the tension that drives nearly all masala movies uh, take uh, take for example let's take a rajnikanth film let's take ejaman right consistently uh, the, they say the government has failed us but ejaman saved us government didn't build a water tap for us ejaman made sure that water came for us government didn't build roads ejaman built road government didn't build school ejaman built school so that, like that's literally the the introduction shot of rajini in, in the film <laughs> okay so that's that's one Let, let's take devar magan or kamal right in the panchayat scene with shivaji and nazar there's the argument going on and there's actually a dialogue kortikellam bona nyayam kedaikadu panchayathile pesi mudichidalam correct so basically right there's literally a dialogue that says that uh, take for example uh, take vijay's vetekaram vijay wants to become a cop the system uh, is the system is corrupt and it doesn't allow him to become a cop and so he becomes a dada a single man dada who goes against the system and decides to clean it up right so the fund, fundamental thing that's explored literally in every masala movie is is the feudal system better or is the state better right and 
some some end up falling on the on the side of the state some end up falling on the side of the the feudal system depending upon where the what character the hero is playing right whether he's playing as a hero that's a part of a system typically a cop or whether he's playing outsider uh, and then uh, that's typically part of some sort of upper caste so that is and the, the the thing with the masala movies you have to have an answer like you have to have oh, somebody is good somebody is bad somebody has to win in in the that contrast is there in this film everywhere so think about why these guys have to leave tavanakada tavanakadu i think that's the place that they are from and they come to kasargod they come because the feudal system upsets the, their ability to stay in tavanakadu right suraj is a lower caste guy shrija is a higher caste nayar girl they get married they, they don't seem to be significantly different in terms of economic status correct. clearly correct girl is of girls of higher caste so they get married they can't stay there and they come and in this new place that they come to they have no one there's no other infrastructure to help them so they have to depend on the state so they have to go to the cops they have to get justice from the cops right slowly but surely they figure out that the state is not invested in getting them justice it's invested in protecting its own power and making sure that they, uh, like uh, asi chandran is invested in making sure that he is he is not fired because he already has one offense against his name the inspector wants to make sure that his career can progress by turning a petty case into a robbery case right the ci is basically said my ass is covered i don't care what you guys do <laughs> i am just going to throw you guys under the bus if my superiors come and ask me so the, the state is not invested in solving the, the people who have come to help them and that is what they figure out over the course of time and they figure out neither does the feudal system help us nor does the state help us the only person that helps us is by just simply reasoning with the person who i have an issue with correct that's all that's i think that that is really the only answer that's available to most people who are in this type of situation right like and all of us are correct. in this situation correct correct we are dependent on the state to help us or we are dependent on family and whatever else to help us and most of the time both of those things leave us in the lurch and in a way that uh, scene between two men no uh, on the mobile tower is a meta thing to the whole movie i mean it is a it is a movie explaining the movie and it is inside this movie so, so the, the scene is also relevant in this framework because slowly and surely there is a third party that, because both of these people both of these systems have let people down there is this third party entrant corporation commercialism right and that's what that cell phone tower is that third party power, that third, that third party has money which is another means of accruing power and it's using that to uh, it's using that to keep to keep people separated and not let them uh, not let them come together it i mean it's it's a throwaway scene like you said right like like max said you can take that scene out of like that entire thing out of the film and it really doesn't affect the film at large but in if you look at the movie in that framework of, this is actually this is the proper masala masala movie framework but it's done like just incredibly well it, like you it's there it's the framework on which i think that the movie is built but you you can just completely ignore it and have a good time you can laugh right? you can laugh at the the way that fahad mentions you know fahad there's not only do we see the, the way fahad steals he describes it later on in the film with such relish right actually it, actually i thought that fahad's introduction itself is actually a great masala trophy though he is a character who's not like the protagonist or the hero uh, sort of thing but his introduction with that background score is actually like any masala heroes i know much that's why i got very excited at that point because they just show the <laughs> eyes there is that bang music i like much this is going to be really awesome and then he totally underplays him to the point like the 
<coughs> that whole chase, right, which is still my most favorite part of the entire movie, at the end of the chase in the canal, where both of uh, both the Prasads are dead tired, uh, one of them is trying to escape, they are trying to hold him back, and at that time, uh, this is where at the, I think it was my, my that's why I liked it. Like, at that point, you know, okay, Fahad is the he is he's still you know, in my mind, he's still the hero, right? He's still the hero, the big name. He's going to escape and something. But the other other side, you know, this uh, one part of me is like, your palm, this guy is trying so hard for the change for his wife. No, no, maybe he should win. And it is that tussle in my head as a viewer where one part of me wants the star to, you know, escape from here and get get away, get out of this whole interrogation thing. But the other half is sympathizing with the other Prasad and um, because he wants a chain for his wife. So that I thought was very... Uh, uh, possibly... A lot of fun. Possibly it is also the most... The, uh, it, possibly it is the most uh, tense, uh, relaxed tense scene of the year actually. I mean, such a tense scene where life and death in itself is, bal- is in balance. Like they are fighting and then at some point this may go either way because this is some... Uh, out of the town place, right? There, there are no other humans in the vicinity and... This can go either way. He at some point realizes that it's not worth it. A chain is not worth a human life. But till that point, this is very... It is actually a very tense scene, but it's shown in a very relaxing way also. It is shown in a very comically... How comically inept people are when it comes to violence. Yeah, so the, so I think... That I, I don't remember where I heard this. Probably an interview because I just like... I was trying to consume everything that I could on this movie. Uh, they, that was completely unplanned. When they originally had, they, when they did the location scouting, that ditch was completely dry. They just planned to them for them to run, and this guy to catch him, and he, him trying to throw the rock. I think that's broadly that's all they had planned. And then when they went, it was filled with water. And I think Fahad and Suraj said, "Fuck it, we'll just do it in the water." And that that the fact that it's done in the water just like elevates that scene so much. Like com- this is like Kurosawa talking about that dog that walked across in the sea in, in the sea in Yojimbo. Like everybody's like, "Oh man, that, that apparently there's a dog that picks up a, a, yeah, a yeah. hand." And walks across the screen in Yojimbo, and everybody's asking Kurosawa like, "How did you ma- manage to do that?" And it was so great. And Kurosawa was like, "I, I didn't manage to do that. There was a dog. <laughs> it picked up a prop and it walked across mm. the camera. I just happened to catch it." Like this is just one of those. Like it, this sounds like one of those happy cat. But it, uh, it, happy it's interesting you say it's unplanned because because Rajiv Ravi shot it, and Rajiv Ravi for a long time was Anurag Kashyap's uh, cinematographer. But this this kind of a the tired chase scene actually occurs in Black Friday, which is again beautiful over there, where he uh, where the police chase a suspect and they they chase through the slum and that guy gets the tired and he's like Rukja yaar all that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the fact that I think the the idea that they get tired was all the broad outline of that is there. Yeah, but it it the fact that it they have to do it in water. Like, have you guys tried running in water? Yeah, wading through water. You can totally relate to that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think there are like things that were in the overall plan that made the movie good, but I think there was probably some level of unplannedness in this movie that just makes it for me like great. Oh, also so, like much says the about Suraj Prasad Haiwa community thing. Uh, I actually, I mean, you get the first time you watch that he's uh, he's from a low caste to Srija, but. Only later I learned about how it is actually showed. For for example, the scene where her mother gets mad uh, and runs and beats up Srija is apparently beautifully presented because they, they see a, a Chataya procession, which is apparently the birthday of Narayana Guru, who, who is the Eva community reformer. And her friend says, uh, oh, why should you go? Your daughter is the one who should be going. And that's at the point when she gets mad. 
Yeah. Uh, that actually I didn't get the first time I watched. Obviously. So there's there is a, he he does it twice. So that's one place you find right. And then you know there's that other scene where Suraj brings Shrija ah, the clock, home. Right? Yeah. Uh, and no, no, he comes in and the clock. There's Narayana Guru in there. Right. And so he basically reinforces and he says like this is that that's kind of how you know that he's a lower. Actually, it's there even earlier. So in the very first scene, when he's watching the Urvashi theaters play and he catches the cold, right? Yeah. Oh, he, he walks to. So he walks away. Yeah. As he walks away, somebody calls Suraj and offers him a drink. and there's someone who says hey why are you calling this fellow and all and offering him a drink and that person is shrija's dad yeah we don't know that yeah right. we don't know that at that point and we don't know why he's against offering him a drink but that's because it's clear because shrija's dad is somebody in the community shrija's dad is the person who's organized the ulsavam at that ambalam he's part of he's part of the quote unquote what they call the ambala committee the, the temple committee in that area and usually you're part of the temple committee if you're either politically politically connected or if you're an upper caste turns out that it, it's a caste thing like you and you it's, it's also reinforced a little bit later where shrija's dad calls them in the night and asks them how are you doing if you want money i'll send you and shrija says i i know you have your fellow temple committee people on speaker we don't need any money thank you very much you can disconnect the phone so like it's it, it unravels a little bit the mentality of the of the person who's stuck in that feudal infrastructure you you see the cops right the as you as you see the cops you it unravels very much the mentality of a person who's stuck in the state infrastructure and like the, the like i said it's just a, it's it's a it's a common masala movie trope but it's done so well like it yeah it's I, more complex yeah yeah it's just so much more complex uh, like random things right like and everybody is happy at the end because they're then they're they're unshackled from the system right uh, suraj is unshackled from the system because now he has water he has land he can cultivate so he has a little bit of economic freedom he can take care of his family he's unshackled from the system more or less Fahad is unshackled from the system because the, this guy was nice to him and let him go from the court, so he's done. ASI Chandran has retired and he's spending time with his daughter, and he's so they, they, there's a very clear shot of him getting on a bike. Correct, correct. And riding with, and riding with his granddaughter, yeah. and it 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 is significant because we find out uh, his son. Like remember when Suraj goes. to buy paper stationery for the yeah. paper yeah, paper yeah we are told that he, he died in an accident yeah yeah he told he are told very clearly that asi chandran son died in a bike accident right. so think about think about the mental structure of a guy who whose son dies in a bike accident like through the through the rest of the film you never see him get on any like there's no he never he, he never gets on yeah. any vehicle right and the first time you see him get on a vehicle is the bike and it's with his granddaughter so he's kind of like getting over his son he's unshackled from being a and it's also very organic organic how uh, the scene in his house when he's having dinner is right after when he tortures uh, prasad and mm-hmm. uh, his wife points out that no one is going to reform if you beat and remember you used to beat your son a lot and yeah. see what happened and yeah. that actually if you didn't catch what happened in in the stores you don't get that exactly it's just like everything is everything is connected but it doesn't need to be and right. like that's why and that's why i go back to a slice of life is no less or no greater than life itself because in life everything is connected but there's no need for you to know that it is <laughs> because you often don't <laughs> like that to be like that the fact that you can just think about this movie right and it just keeps reinforcing the same thing over and over again the more you think about the movie there's more to unpack like it's a very very rewarding film for me yeah Best is that uh, cop, Macha. He calls off and says, "Sir, 
நான் ரொம்ப கிட்ட நெருங்கிட்டேன் அக்யூஸ்ட் நெருங்கிட்டேன் நெருங்கிட்டேன் அவனை பிடிச்சு அரை மணி நேரம் ஆகுறாடே வந்து சேர்றான் there are so many like throwaway things that are hilarious but like the, the seminary guy but the guy who is going to the seminary in karnataka he beats like, the uh, shit no no karnataka la madhya pradesh madhya pradesh oh, ah madhya pradesh madhya pradesh there's there, there's a wonderful shot like the guy who never wears his cop clothes there's a, the, that's actually guy. that is actually very uh, i i found it uh, during the second watch i found it very interesting because uh, he and chandran play the good cap good cop bad cop and exactly. the guy without the uniform plays the good cop and that's very interesting the guy who doesn't wear the thing and then it's hilarious because the ci comes he sits down in the chair and he says turn on the fan to the guy who's not in cop clothes and he like he turns around and he's searching for the switch yeah and he does the so ci is like you don't even know where the fan switch is that tells me how often you come in for duty <laughs> but it's just like oh god it's just like unending if you want to just sit and laugh right you can absolutely do that at this film there is a tension there which like because there is always the threat of violence okay and this is all through the movie there is actually a threat of violence and on top of this this guy is like uh, provocating it endlessly fahad is actually provocating violence at every turn uh, even when uh, i mean he's testing the police's patience as if he's sizing them up to see how far will they go only after the violence does he go and say to the uh, couple that please in the court please tell that uh, you don't know me otherwise he is always been testing the cops he actually in his mind assumes that the cops are he's going to get away with it and yeah, he's uh, always in this cat and mouse chase with him that's why he also uh, when his uh, x-ray is hap- is taken and he's, it's he still actually has gives out this wily smile at that very moment <laughs> you know he smile and you know he smiles with his eyes you can see it in his eyes as a lit up and at that any anyone else will expect will, will freeze that oh my god you know my uh, charade is uh, done and things like that but his expression when the <laughs> but has been like spectacular in the movie da chancel i mean this is yeah but the insidious thing about it is like he also he's mostly sure about what is going to happen next which is kind of indicative that uh, he has he has seen all this before he has seen yeah, the jail this is not his first time on the rodeo that is the that is actually the point that has been made silently throughout the movie he has been through yeah. chain snatching he has been caught he has been taken to court and he is well versed about what is the difference between a theft case and a robbery case i also like uh, i i actually like surat's character uh, and the arc that it takes uh, i mean the people involved in the film like uh, from dilish potan sham pushkaran and rajiv ravi they 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 are, they are like even off screen they are openly openly liberal dissenters and that is something like surat character when you see him he is he is introduced slightly as i mean he is not very knowledgeable or aware enough to be called a liberal or any of that sort but he is a guy who who learns through the film a lot of things for example he for example the whole thing about the suspecting rija when she when she in the medicine, medical shop and then from there uh, and then he and then he blames sreeja for losing the necklace because he's he's tired of that whole uh, police station ex- experience that, like on the first day itself and and then he apologizes and then so that happens and then uh, and then during the phone call with with sreeja's dad that uh, deep deepak was talking about he says let's forget them aren't we the modern ones 
the, the dialogue is actually hilarious when it comes from him, but it sort of a lot of makes a lot of sense how you see his character progressing throughout the film. Yeah, it's one of those have... you can't watch passively. You have to very sort of actively watch it. It won't tell you anything. Like you, ha- it has to. It either you you have to feel it. I, I always wondered why they needed Rajiv Ravi for this film. Right? So I've heard Dilish Potan basically said they once they finalized this is what they want to do. They said we we need Rajiv Ravi, like person who clearly is able to. go make his film of his own like they want him to come and be a cinematographer and i think there's a really good form and function fit for cinematography in this uh, in this film i think like uh, like adi mentioned further like the contrast between how verdant and and full of water tavarakadavu is to to kasargod the, the kasargod area that they go to that's one piece the the camera angles also very clearly reinforce that that feudal versus the feudal versus the state you can basically see the temple from the police station and you can see the police station from the temple every camera angle reins sort of reinforces that they are in very close proximity and on other either side of the road consciously highlighting that bench that is against the window in the police station from which you can see the 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 temple that's number 1 but i just as we were talking i just realized the third piece and it just like blows my mind so you know he, he, he the morning shit the, the walk to the morning shit happens i think twice or thrice right and i think like the first two times he's not able to go or something like that yeah, the first the time first, yeah the first time he's not able to go and the second time the, the, it's after the x-ray i think they they figure out okay like he has it and he needs to go and i don't know how many of you guys noticed it but the way you know that the shit has happened is the, the short school bell no 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 it, it, uh. it, 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 it it's the bell and the school kids coming that's number 1 but there is the shot of a fly so the the way we figure out that he's actually taking a shit is that there's a shot of a fly that descends on a blade of grass like it just focuses on the flies descending on the blade of grass that's how you know he's taking a shit and i mean like you can't there's no good way to show a person taking a shit in a movie and i i think it's the like i said the form and function fit of why is it, it's a really pretty shot but it also has a lot of relevance in the movie i i specifically want to mention how good uh, alanseer lai lopez is in this film asa chandra uh, alanseer has become a bit of a, a staple in uh, malayalam cinema now but i think between mahesh and pradigaram and this film like i i've come to realize how good of an actor he is he's like really really good he he personifies the 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 trauma of a, a a reasonably well-meaning person who's stuck in the confines of the state incentive system right he does it really really well so i i want to make sure that i i sort of highlight how good he is in the movie like mm-hmm. he's really really good. yeah all right so we've uh, talked quite extensively about tandimudalam trithakshiyam let's try to figure out what we're going to talk about next max since you were the primary reviewer why don't you go ahead and do the honors yeah The next movie is probably going to be uh, Undamottaya Katha. It's available on Netflix. I think the one sh- who should review it should be Ananta. And I think uh, this will be a good uh, fun movie for us to move next to. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Loot Kabal podcast. We'll be back with Undamottaya Katha. Uh, go ahead and watch the movie on Netflix before you join us. And hopefully Ananta will be back from hiding to review it for us as well. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.